Welcome, welcome, Rad Talk Nation. Welcome back to another wonderful episode. I'm again joined with the wonderful Chris and Jana from Malone Healthcare. And uh, we just want to wish everybody a Happy New Year, a Merry Christmas. I hope your holidays were all awesome. Um, and we're ready to get started back talking about more money stuff that you want to hear about. Um, I'm just going to hand it off to, to Chris. We've got a bunch of good stuff to get into. Um, I think he's going to kick us off. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden I'm getting a little bit of delay. I don't know if you can hear me or whatever. Uh, so um, let's just start then. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to sort of hit a couple points from our last talk. Yeah, um, yeah so we talked a lot about the bill rate. Um, and I just wanted to sort of just recap two things from that really was first that the bill rate is an hourly so they bill hourly for the work that the traveler works. Um, it's not paid in advance. It's not like, oh, you got a 13-week contract and all of a sudden uh, they will pay the, out to the agency the full sum, right? It's a pay-as-you-go thing. Mm -hmm. And one important thing to keep in mind is that um, that, that bill rate is a bill. So that's something that they can bill the facility or the vendor for. So that is, so you get paid every week, right? Or bi, or, or biweekly. Um, the agency is actually paying that money out before they see it because when they bill, sometimes they will not see that money for 30 days, sometimes 60 days, sometimes 90 days. So they're paying out money based on like that they're going to be able to build a facility for that money that they're actually paying out and get a little bit out. So they're always taking a risk. So it's sort of, here's the analogy. I mean, I, I worked in a, well, I started this sort of vintage furniture business uh, a couple uh, several years ago. And it's similar to this is when you buy something that you're going to sell, right? You're investing money into it. Right. So I would buy a piece of furniture, let's say, and thinking that I could sell it, I would put some money into it to sort of refurbish it or whatever. And then I'd be like, OK, now I'm going to sell it and I'm going to get my money back and make a little bit of profit. But I'm not going to get that money immediately. Right. I'm actually sinking. It's an investment. So I am taking a risk that I'm going to be able to sell this item. It's something similar that's going on with the bill rate. It's like we're paying, the agency is paying the traveler the money, the guaranteed money, right? And they're taking a risk that they're going to be able to bill mm -hmm. the vendor or the hospital for those hours worked so that they will actually make a bit of a profit at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes that's a that's a big risk that you know somebody is is investing in a, an individual to mm -hmm. make sure that they're going to show up uh, to work <laughs> and and, yeah. and and especially in you know and it's hard to find folks to work uh, in in the in the world it seems like at this point and that's hence hence the reason why staffing exists mm -hmm. um, and so and I and I think that you know and then making sure they show up for the full 40 hours and so versus if they end up you know if, it end up, if they miss an hour or something i'm sure that influences uh the pay yes yes yeah, it does how much they can bill right um and um i mean and that's the other yeah. 
And so essentially it's like a, um, it's just, uh, so every time you submit your, trying your, your hourly, your time card every week, that's essentially creates a bill for the mm -hmm. travel company mm -hmm. to go to, um, go to the hospital. And then that's how the hospital, the travel company essentially bills the hospital because they're saying this is the time card that was submitted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why those time cards have to be correct because I mean, from the, for more so from the agency's perspective, right? Because mm -hmm. they're basing how much they're paying the traveler on those time cards. But when they go back to the vendor or the hospital, they're using those time cards as a bill to get that money uh, mm -hmm. back and make some money. So if there's a discrepancy uh, between like the vendor could be a stickler and say, no, 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 this is not what we have. They work mm -hmm. fewer hours and we can't bill for those hours. Right. So there's that that's a risk there. Right. And, and that's probably why they have that. Um, you know, um, every Monday, have your time card submitted by Monday at noon or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever time it is. But then I, I think they, there's probably, it seems like there's some wiggle room there because sometimes I'll get it. They'll like, this isn't correct. And so they're like, well, if you submit it by, you submit it by tomorrow, like it's fine. We'll get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they give themselves well, some, some wiggle room. Absolutely. You got to factor into some human behavior on that, you know, with, with timelines, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we say Monday, they're going to come in on, on Wednesday, you know, that type of thing. So um, mm -hmm. of course they want to make sure that they get all this stuff in. And on the back end of this is a whole payroll team. So this gives them time to do their job because they, I mean, basically Monday at noon, they're, they're on stage, you know, they're on the field, they're, they're getting ready, things ready to go. And they have yeah. to, I think they have to have these things in. There's a hard, push on Wednesday afternoons. They have mm -hmm. to send it so you get paid on Friday. It's kind of awesome. Like yeah. uh, how, how quickly they get this stuff turned around. But yeah. um but yeah, I mean back to Chris's point, that's that's why a couple of hospitals do it differently. A lot of times uh you can use Kronos where you clock mm. in, clock out. There's an electronic uh copy of your time for the week that comes through on like a Tuesday so we can match that up. But uh, mm -hmm. we still want to see, uh, we asked folks to send a, a screenshot of their app um, or their, their screen at work just so we can, you know, compare and contrast there. Um, or you have to get the pesky little signature um, from you. your shift lead or something along those lines. Just something just to say, hey, Dennis, you didn't work 800 hours this week, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, and, 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 I, I, and I've worked on all those, you know, ways that you it's touched on there, Jana. And, and yeah. um, what I'll tell you as a traveler, though, it's super nice um, when you don't have to clock in and out. Mm -hmm. That's that's the best because, you know, I think I think I'm all like I'm always there on time. But like it's like sometimes I get you sometimes I get there so early and I'm like a weird, probably a weird person. But like I get there so early sometimes that I'm like waiting around and then I forget to clock in. Yeah. As, as opposed to like just getting there and clocking in. Um, and so it's nice to be able to like just write it down on the sheet of paper, yeah. have somebody sign off on it and say, you know, I get my exactly 40 hours or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's that. I mean, it's, 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 it's very nice or, or to, you know, to be able to just put it down on online, how are you sheet of paper or online. Some places have mm -hmm. apps that they use, which is convenient as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Focus One Focus One uses that on an app, I believe. Um, yeah. Um.
But it, it was just, I guess the point was that there's a reason why sometimes they will be sticklers about the hours, like um, especially if you're sending not only a paper time card in, but you're logging in on Kronos, let's say they don't necessarily, the agency doesn't necessarily have immediate access to that. But if they see a discrepancy, they're like, oh, th th I see on your paper time card, there's uh, you're showing call uh, that you took, you know, X number of call, but it's not showing up in the Kronos report. Well, there be like we got to fix that. We can't pay you for that call because guess what? The Kronos report might be the official record, and that has to be updated. And again, there's a reason why they're doing that, is mm -hmm. because that's going to be the bill, right? That's mm -hmm. going to be what right. they're what they're able to make. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And. Where did you want to go? I say I've got a bunch of questions. Where were you thinking about going next, Chris? Oh, I just another thing to mention about the bill rate was, and this is something Jana brought up, uh, I believe, was mm -hmm. just to emphasize. So emphasizing first, it's hourly, right? Secondly, mm -hmm. they emphasize that all the money comes from that bill rate, mm -hmm. uh, including stipends. So everything mm -hmm. that's generated is based on the amount of hours that. Um, that is coming to the agency to pay to pay the traveler comes from that bill rate. It's not just the hourly portion; it's the stipends as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. There's one bucket. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. Bucket. One pie. One bucket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So. What questions you got? Yeah. yeah. So I've I've received a, a different questions that I've heard um, from travelers is when can I like they ask about salary. And so they, when do I negotiate my salary? Like, mm -hmm. is there, is there a negotiation process? Do I have that opportunity? I mean, you guys have the bill rate. Mm -hmm. You've come back and you've said, this is what we're going to, you know, we're paying you whatever it is, you know, 2000 bucks a week, 3000 mm -hmm. bucks a week, whatever it is. Uh, do I come, am I able to come back at any point and say, you know, if I could get, you know, to do 3000, $25 a week, like sign me up. And and yeah. you're like, sorry, like the bill is what it is. Is there do 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 you know of companies that put that in there? Like, okay, we can we can wiggle somewhat because because I know you've said before there's a set amount um that each company has to make off of that individual. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. and, and then also, I guess the next question would be extensions. That's the big I think that's the biggest one. If you take the the certain contract for what it what it is, uh, when it's time for an extension, can I ask for more, or should they, or should be companies be trying to offer me more for staying longer? Sure. Um, I guess those are just two questions that that I've heard yeah. a lot of. Well, my I mean my my quick answer to the first part of that is you can always ask for more, um, right. even when you go to a, any sort of job interview, you you can always ask for more. But I. I challenge that too, just to be willing to hear no. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you're going in and you're demanding more, you might be disappointed. But if you're mm -hmm. just asking, just ask. Mm -hmm. Some of these vendors, um, we can go back. Um, I believe in the last episode we touched on bidding, um, where oh, we, yeah. there's pros and cons of that. But yeah. you can ask for more. We we can, and we we typically know which vendors will entertain this and which the ones that are just said no like we mm -hmm. it's set in stone um right. so the, it's always worth an ask you know yeah. um yeah but just the difference between asking and demanding is is a big is a big difference maker um mm -hmm. 
but um, Chris, you might you might have a, a little uh, more in depth take on, um, gosh, maybe uh, how often of we can uh, vendors can uh, increase, uh, mm -hmm. maybe a percentage in there, I guess. But um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so so let uh, let's start with the whether you can when you can ask the vendor to you know you can do a biddable thing. That has to come before you're submitted for the job. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> so that's important to know. It's like, so you have to have that conversation up front, right? Um, now, I have seen cases where recruiters will like, oh, you got an offer. Here's what the, here's what the pay package is, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't. I'm not a fan of that approach. I'll be honest with you. And I'll tell you why I think that puts undue pressure on the traveler hmm. because it's, Hey, you have 24 hours to give me an answer. Mm -hmm. right? um, and now all of a sudden we're talking about not now we're talking about money all of a sudden, right. As opposed to you got a, you got a job offer. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the sort of, I hate using this sort of business word, best practices. I, there's all these these jargon words, right? But um, I do think that it's have that conversation about money up front before you're submitted or maybe even after you're submitted, but before any interview or before any offer. Cash out the details then. Mm -hmm. you got time. Yeah. Right. You can talk about it. So uh, it's something we mentioned in our previous episode, I think, is, look, I can submit you for a job and then we can talk about the money. And if you don't think the money is going to work out for you, I can take you out. But we have we have time to talk this out and go through whether there's you know any room, wiggle room for uh, negotiation on, on with the agency on the agency's part. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not under that pressure. Mm -hmm. So I think the sort of the best way to this is my approach is the best way. It's like have those conversations about money up front, right? Nail that down so that the only reason that you would decline a potential job offer at that point would be because you had an interview and you just didn't get the warm and fuzzies, mm -hmm. right? In other words, there was something that came up in the interview with with the manager where you're like, oh, yeah, that's. I just, you know, I found out more about the job because, you know, we have very few details about sometimes in the day jobs. That would be a reason to decline any potential offer, not money. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, and I know that other places don't do this, right? They don't approach it that way. But I, like I said, that just puts so much pressure on you. It's like you have to answer, you're working. Right. You have to answer in 24 hours. And now we're talking about all the details about money and it gets kind of it can get contentious at that point. Yeah. You know, as opposed to saying, hey, I can explain to you why I can't give you more. This is what I'm giving you as much as possible or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so when when so, OK, when does it when does it give you the 24 hours? So if, if you apply for a job and the recruiter automatically tells you money like I, i'm confused on the 24 hours well how do you oh i'm sorry you... i'm sorry yeah oh. i wasn't clear yeah like he was referring to once an offer is made um there's a there's a there's an invisible clock 
Um, some of them, they give you 24 hours to sign it because they have others. Like if you're not going to, you know, be on board with this, they have others that they want to extend an offer to. Some might be 48 hours, but, you know, not all offers are <laughs> ever ending. Um, and so it's really like once they interview with you, once once the hospital says, OK, we want Joe, mm-hmm. then it's the 24 exactly. hour clock. Yeah, 24 to 48 hours uh, typically is they want an answer very quick. And, you know, when we get the, so the offers will come to us from the vendor. We'll get this official offer. Uh, we have, you know, everything locked locked out, down as far as the pay and whatever. And you will see often at the very bottom it says, you know, um, this offer is good for X amount of time. And you're at risk of, you know, the offer being rescinded if we don't have an answer. Yeah. Wow. I did not know yeah. that. It's crazy. Well, and, and keep in mind too, with with a, such a short time window like that, once you have an offer in hand, if you're now wanting to get a message or of a question over to the facility, I, you're on their, you know, you're on their time for to get mm-hmm. back to you and they don't have to get back to you. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of times there's not a whole lot of urgency on that side. So you're burning a lot of time. Um of yours and in, in your decision making mm-hmm. process. Um, I, I think it's best to, like Chris said, upfront, just be comfortable talking about money with your recruiter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, hands down, we always ask our travelers, what, what are you comfortable with? What's a range? What, what makes it work for you? Uh, we all have what we want, but what do you mm-hmm. need? You know, yeah. And, yeah. and what's your level of interest? Are you a 10 out of 10 here? Are you a seven out of 10? Like we, we ask about hesitancies, um, try to get that right. up front. Um, but also ask your recruiter how they build pay packages. How do they approach that? You know, um, I listen, it's, it's coming, you know, where these conversations are going to be more and more transparent and I love it. Um, but I, I think travelers are going to start asking, what's your percentage, you know, what's your margin, yeah. You know, how do yeah. you guys operate? That's that's going to be uncovered yeah. at some point and, and just become a common conversation, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. I think and I think what's going to happen is just my opinion as I think um, companies are going to start. Po- somebody's going to start posting it about yeah. this is what the bill rate is or this is what this is. And it's going to open up transparency and then other companies are going to have to follow suit. Yeah, yeah. I think somebody opened the box at some point. Um, because I, I've been getting even even different companies that I've been getting phone calls from. So I've been taking a poll um, <laughs> when, when companies because I get phone calls you know constantly. And yeah. so I answer and those, you know, I tell them, you know, you're on a contract. OK, when can I get you the next one? Blah, blah, blah. And I and I say, do you guys do over bill rates? And 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 different. So like, no, we don't go over that. Certain ones have told me, yes, like, um, or they say like they get real quiet first initially, yeah, and then, and then they're like, "Yeah, I could probably do that." Yeah. So I'm like, okay, and then, and then they say, "Well," and I'm like, "Well, I've been talking to other companies that have been more transparent about that kind of thing." Like, "Oh, who have you been talking to?" I'm like, oh, "That's uh, <laughs> well, I'll leave that between that me and them." And and then uh, I was like, "I'm just taking a poll of who I can uh, be tra- most transparent with." So, yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, they you probably, know. They probably hate me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We were having some conversations. Jen and I were having some conversations about this, about this bill rate, the mystery of the bill rate, right? You can, mm-hmm. It's a great mystery. Um, it's a thriller, really. 
um, mystery yeah. thriller. Um, but uh, you know, we were talking about sort of the, some of the reasons, the pros and cons of why those bill rights aren't openly discussed. Um, and I can't remember if we touched on it one of the, on the previous episodes, but you know, there. There are obviously cons for the traveler because it's like then, you know, you're not being as transparent. And then there's all this suspicion that gets generated, right, about, oh, well, if I don't know what the bill rate is, then I can't figure out what the, the margin, you know, the, oh, they're taking all this money, money amount, amount of money up, out. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, actually, you don't need to know the this is not, oh, you don't need to know. It's more like in order to know, like, what the what the agency is taking it you don't actually have to know the bill rate out, you know, in a, in a sense, it's like, you can be transparent with even without even knowing the bill rate, as long as you know where the money is going and how right. it's being divided. Right. Um, but you know, there's, there's kind of multiple reasons as to why, and some of it was like in discussion. I was like, Oh, I never thought of that. Right. So here's one thing. Um, mm -hmm. Why and, and this is one thing to know is that the and I can't remember if we talked about this, but the agencies are contractually obligated not to reveal the bill rate. Mm. It's proprietary information coming That's from right. either the vent, and it looks as though it can be coming from the vendor side of things or from the hospital side of things. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, one reason is mm -hmm. potentially is from the hospital side of things, and we've talked about this to a certain extent. If staff knows, it's like, oh my God, they're paying out this amount of money. And the hospital is obviously the traveler's not seeing all that money, or the, sure. the, the right, but they're like, oh my God, they're paying out this amount of money, uh, and look at how, what we're getting as staff, right? right comparatively, mm -hmm. then you know, it's people are going to get very ticked off, right? More ticked off. Staff's going to get more ticked off than they already are. Right. right. Especially um, if you're a union, then they're going to strike. Yeah. 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 And, and one of the issues there is honestly just understanding. And we talked about this, the transparency, even on staff side, how much are they investing in you? Right. What was the full compensation, Jana, that you said when you had that company yeah, you were working for? Yeah. Total compensation. Total compensation, right? So that they're aware of exactly how much the the, the facility is actually paying, investing in you, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's more about understanding and transparency on all sides. And sometimes, you know, it's tough to understand some of this stuff. So, you know, there's that, there's that reason. That's more of a almost, it seems to me, I don't know, you guys can correct me if this starts. That's almost like a practical reason. Right. Yeah. It's like a lot of things would have to change and uh, uh, people would have to staff and travels would have to really invest in figuring out where does all this money go, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to just looking at the bill rate and going, oh, my God, you know. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. uh, so there's that. That's one. Mm -hmm. um, the second reason, actually, and this is something that, again, just recently came up in discussion. I was like, that's kind of a legit reason uh, is this let's suppose that um you know these these bill rates are negotiated between the vendors often and the hospitals mm -hmm. and let's say that this vendor is or the agency is advertising what the bill rate is well 
another vendor will go in and say, hey, go to the hospital. Hey, give us the contract. We'll have a lower bill rate for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? It's like the hospital saving money, right. but then the traveler is actually getting less. This is the this is you know this is the way the way capitalism works, right? It's like we're mm -hmm. going to undercut we're going to undercut the competition. This is the vendor. We're going right. to undercut the competition. We're going to go in and try to get this contract away from this other vendor and say, look, we will set the these bill rates lower. You're paying out less, but then what happens? The traveler mm -hmm. gets less. Right. The agencies get less, right? So, and then, then you know, quality care. What happens to quality care? You're not going to get as you know uh, yeah. as qualified candidates for that because the the rates are going down. Right. Um, and I can give you an example of this. Is and this is something I think we touched on again. Memory serves, but um, you will have one thing about that bill rate that we've been talking about. There's the bill rate. We've been talking about the hourly bill rate. Mm -hmm. There's a then the question becomes what happens to overtime? Mm -hmm. You're getting paid more for you have to be paid at least time and a half for overtime. Yeah. Right. Okay, now what happens as far as the bill rate for overtime? Is it the same as the hourly, the regular hourly overtime? Is it more? Um, mm -hmm. Often it is more, right? The bill, bill rate is often more, it varies, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also what's known as a flat rate where the hourly bill rate is the same as the overtime bill rate. Hmm. Hourly bill is the same. Yeah. But you have to pay time in it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, here's, here's a quick piece about that though. Here's another risk by the agencies. Some of the vendors in these contracts are saying, Hey, here's an overtime rate. That's $20 more an hour on the bill rate. But mm -hmm. you can't bill that until after 48 hours. Mm, yeah. So, but we still have to pay as an agency, we're still going to pay travelers overtime after 40 because that's the law. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to be able to bill for that. The vendors are very, you know, able to say only after 48 can you bill us for this, but you still have to pay. So, there's another there's another risk in a in a kind of a chunk. Um, same yeah. with non-billable training. A lot of times, you know, when you start these new contracts, we may have touched on this as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's up to 22 hours, sometimes 40 hours. So your entire first week is on the agency. Like we're not allowed to bill for that. So wow. that's yeah. So it's uh, there's there's significant hits that the agencies can take. So mm -hmm. the the contracts are not black and white. There's not one. You know, formula to, to plug in. I wish there were. I was just thinking, gosh, it'd be great if you could, you know, <laughs> when these pay packages are posted, if you can just go in and see the calculator. You know, mm -hmm. um, my my brain doesn't work. I can't build that. So yeah. maybe somebody yeah. out there can build that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, th th there's that's that's the thing about the bill rate is again the reason for mentioning this can't bill after 48 hours, or if there's a flat rate where the bill rate for overtime is the same as the hourly, the reason for talking about that is because vendors, that's a way of vendors going into hospitals and getting the contracts with the hospitals is because they can say, Hey, check this out. You won't have to pay uh, for, you can get people to work overtime. But you don't actually have, you don't have to pay more for their overtime. They're like, what? Really? Sign me yeah. up, you know, uh, or 
or it's a flat rate. You're paying the exact same amount of money uh, for overtime that to the agency as you would for regularly hour, regular hourly. So that mm -hmm. entices hospitals, obviously, because they're looking at the bottom line to save mm -hmm. money. So now think about this, Dennis is like, what happens mm -hmm. if that was, that was uh, all of a sudden this vendor is advertising, this is the bill rate, right? This is the overtime bill rate or whatever. What's another vendor going to do? Yeah, undercut them. Undercut them. They're going to try to steal that contract. Right. So, and who's at the end of the day, who suffers is honestly the travelers and the patients. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or, or I wonder, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, no one, no one takes that, then that, that jumps that bill rate back up and it, you know, um, you know, capitalism takes over in the other way. A premium, you know, and it's interesting if you think about, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about this, I'm, I don't go to um, the grocery store and wonder about how much did it cost them to buy these bananas mm -hmm. or, or, and I don't mm -hmm. go to, um, or, you know, even closer to, to the vest there. I don't go, you know, if I'm a, a full-time staffer at a hospital, I don't go to the hospital and ask them, you know, how much money are you guys making uh, for all these patients with insurance and Medicare, Medicaid, you know, especially in radiology, radiology is a big moneymaker for the hospital. Certain departments mm -hmm. lose money. You know, if you're in environmental services and you're cleaning the hospital, you're not going to make money for the hospital to keep it mm -hmm. clean. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to have those departments. You have to have a clean place. But um, I, I don't wonder. And so it's interesting that, you know, I think it just gets, I guess, and I'm wondering why that is. Why you know, do sonographers who are full time not, I guess, want to know? I guess there is no way of knowing, maybe. Um, and so they feel like there's an opportunity to know what, you know, how much the middleman's making and how much, you know, I'm making. Mm -hmm. And I wonder where, why that, where that comes from. Because I mean, that's something as a, as a, as a traveler, that's something you think like, well, how much are you guys getting paid for this? And how much, you know, are you taking from me? Yeah. But I've never thought about that working for a hospital. How much do you guys make the patient that I'm doing here? Well, there's no opportunity for as much of a negotiation, right? And you're right. when you're working full time, you get hired once every, you know, two, three years, four years, however long you're there. So that conversation just, you know, it's it's more structured with travel. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many companies, you know, involved and you can get a, a quote from five different companies and they would be off by, you know, a couple bucks here and there. So it's just like, wait a minute, why isn't all this the same? But I think as humans, we're, we're information seeking people, you know, right. like I, I am, like I, I need to know why, like, how does that work? Why does that work? You know, uh, why is that part important? You know, um, right. but uh, and two, when something's taboo, you just mm -hmm. want to know. Right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Just tell well, me. You know, why is that a secret? <laughs> well, you know, it's also, I mean, you know, you see, I mean, I always say talk about the suspicion, right. Or uh, about this. It's like, it's natural for us to think it's like, Oh, you're, you're profiting over off my work. It's like, well, how much are you profiting? You know? Uh, um, so, and especially, especially when you do see these different pay packages for the same job, that does breed suspicion, right? I mean, but for to, to get back to to the point is, I think you can resolve a lot of the mystery without even 
saying to have to reveal what the bill rate is. I'm not saying that, you know, to a certain extent, like one-on-one, -on -one, whether you talk about it or not. I mean, it is, it is considered propriety. Like I said, there's contractual things. And, um, but you can actually get a lot, get clarity, just a lot of clarity by talking about understanding just how the pay package structure works at a general level. And then you can go into details about that from, from the other side, because I think, you know, we've talked, we've touched about on this, but we've talked about, you know, people think, Oh, there's the bill rate. There's the cut the agency takes. And then there's the money that goes to, to the traveler and it's much more complicated than that and also you got to always factor in the risks as well but right. dennis you had mentioned about the negotiation um mm -hmm. the question about negotiation yeah i think that there's room for negotiating it all depends on what we've been talking about is the margin that's the cut the agency takes because mm -hmm. there is a certain cut they cannot go below and remember that is that is that is and actually we talked about this off did we talk about this off here wow um the <laughs> that's estimated that is an estimated cut yeah. so there's always a built-in risk there right um and we could talk about that more explicitly but yeah there's always room for negotiation i mean the way i look at it is i try to be as transparent as possible and get you as much money as possible right right, uh, right. minimizing the risks on the agency side right and i and i think something else that you kind of you guys we touched on kind of off air as well is um, in something that I was unaware of was the recruiters, um, the recruiter side of being able to, you know, certain things come out of the recruiter's salary or the recruiters have the ability Mark, to kind of, yeah. yeah, like with, with that, because uh, so I get, I can't remember how you said it, but it was like, uh, you can, if you, you know, if you really think you want to keep a traveler, you know, there's, there's, it's close on money. The recruiter is able to make some sort of a, a leeway or something um, mm -hmm. to keep somebody yeah. for the short, for the, for the, you know, you might keep them that one contract, which then allows you to keep them for the next one. Yeah. Um, um, and, yeah. you know, there's, there's obviously going to be, the, the recruiter can make a lot of decisions, but they have to answer to higher ups as well. So if you've got a manager uh, who says no, right. Uh, as opposed to if they trust the recruiter or whatnot. So, you know, they do have to sometimes get these things authorized. Um, sure. Everybody gets them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, they're willing to, you know, it's like, hey, a recruiter might be willing to do this, but then they take it to their boss and they're like, nope, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so you got to, we have to think in, in those terms too. Um, right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about, Oh, also, I was going to mention the as far as the extensions go. You had asked mm -hmm. about the extensions. Uh, ideally, yes, uh, you should be able to get some more money. We can talk about exactly mm -hmm. why, as long as the bill rate's the same, as long as they right. haven't dropped the bill rate, right? And it all depends on the cut. Well, how you know? Here's the other thing: it's maybe uh, I was taking a lower, maybe the agency was taking a lower margin up front. Uh, again, thinking long term. And then, you know, they extended them. It's like, okay, now maybe we can make a little more on the extension. So sometimes, you know, that's that play, that factors in where you're not necessarily going to see a pay bump because they went so low, mm -hmm. you know, on the initial side, on, on the initial contract. Now there is a little more money that's freed up, but they were taking a hit up front. Yeah. 
thinking, you know, long-term, long-term. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I I think the most obvious place where the money is freed from is onboarding costs. Um, Mm -hmm. All your your compliance costs, you know, uh, drug screens, TB tests and things like that. I mean, those things are upwards of 1500 bucks a a pop, Mm -hmm. background checks, you know, it all adds up. So all of that essentially should go back to the traveler. But like Mm -hmm. Chris said, if we're already overextended, this Mm -hmm. might be an opportunity for us to, you know, actually make it make sense, you know. Uh, So it just kind of depends on how far the company bent um, in the beginning and whatnot, but, um, but yeah. Right. right. That makes sense. Um, and so, cause you, you have to be able to recoup, I guess, if you're, if you're, if you're in the red, you've got to get back in the black somehow. Mm-hmm. And if that takes the, the next, um, and so that's okay. So that's where you would get all that, any mm-hmm. extra money, as long as the bill rate would stay the same. If the bill rate changes, then or yeah. if it goes down, you know, if it goes down, you know, if it goes up, then I guess, yeah, you know, you can take more percentage or, or give well, more. And, yeah, and, and take this into account, too. Are, are you a traveler that, that works all your shifts or do you call out quite a bit? Do you, you know, are you the first volunteer to be downset, downstaffed? You know, uh, do you right. work a lot of overtime? Like, because um, if, if you haven't been meeting the minimums of the, the pay package, I mean, gosh. Right. That, yeah. that makes it a lot harder to, to 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 give more from things something that's just not there, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that that goes back to that point. It's like let's say you know, you have a 40-hour guarantee or a 36-hour guarantee. That means that the the hospital is guaranteeing you 36 hours or 40 hours of work every week. But it also means that on the traveler side, you're guaranteeing that you're going to be working 36 or 40 hours every week. And the pay package, guess what, is built on that premise. That's where those yeah. margins the agencies cut is premised on. Right. Now, if you Don't, take, if, if, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was, I was going to say, if you take, now, if I take time off, like if I mm-hmm. take that week off, or do you got, does the agency still get billed? Like, or is that just like, okay, you know, we've acknowledged that, you know, they're taking five days off. And so, you know, we're not going to charge. I don't know. Yeah. Typically the way, yeah, the way that the guaranteed hours work is this. Um, and this is actually, oh, this is, this, this is slightly different from the pay package talk, but it's really important because I always say, this is a question, make sure you ask. Um, so, we could talk about, let's say you got a 40 hour guarantee, right? So first mm-hmm. of all, the question to ask is what are the guaranteed hours, mm-hmm. right? That is huge because then, you know, you can sort of estimate, you know, so for example, let's say you've got a 40 hour work schedule, but I've seen this, um, but they're only guaranteeing you 35 hours or 32 hours, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's going to have an impact on potential pay. So here's the way I break it down is, okay, let's say it's a 40 hour, let's say you've got a 40 hour schedule, but they're guaranteeing you 32 hours. Well, here's what you're, if you work the full 40, this is how much you're going to make mm-hmm. weekly. Your hourly is going to be the same, right? Your hourly right. and your stipend is going to be the same, but right. uh, this is how much you're going to be making weekly, but they're guaranteeing you 32 hours. That means that as long, and then we're going to talk about some provisos here that go into this, but um, 
but this is the minimum that you can expect to make weekly because you know based on a 32 hour schedule so let's say it's guaranteed 32 hours this is you're not going to go lower than that again with some exceptions uh so here's how much you can be guaranteed but this is how much for our you know if you work the pull schedule this is how much so you, the, these are dennis we were talking about negotiating packages these are the kind of conversations mm -hmm. right so that you know where you stand financially um so Ideally, you have a 40-hour guarantee, and that's the question I always want to ask, What is the or a 36-hour guarantee that corresponds to your work schedule. Now, here are the, the exceptions. Mm -hmm. These only apply if, for example, the facility calls you off because of, let's say, low census. Mm -hmm. Then they have to pay you, mm -hmm. and the agency can bill for those hours. Gotcha. Right? But if you call out... Mm -hmm. Right, this is the the exceptions. Then it doesn't apply. Um, so if you call out, then you don't get paid for those hours mm -hmm. under under forty hours or thirty six hours, uh, and the agency cannot bill for those hours. Okay, that makes so, sense. Right. Yeah. So that's 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 the thing. Is again, remember we said your the the facility is guaranteeing you 40 hours or 36 hours you're also guaranteeing them those hours so when they fall short of guaranteeing they have to pay mm -hmm. the guarantee they have to pay if you fall short of those guaranteed hours guess what you don't get paid that's a way <laughs> to think about it. go figure yeah right <laughs> um so there's that so always keep it. So if you take a week off, you're not getting paid, right? Uh, right for right. for that. Um, now, here's the other exception. This is what the other thing I always say is: first question to ask is, what are the guaranteed hours? Mm -hmm. Second question is: here's a, a th thing that uh, I've seen, and this is a way again of the facility saving money: is there will be call off policies. Often, mm -hmm. so uh, call off policy. Uh, that is where they will say, for example, if there is a call-off policy, they'll say, hey, we're guaranteeing you, let's say, let's go with 40, guaranteeing you work 40 hours a week, except for three shifts per 13-week contract. I'm just going to give yeah. an example there. Right, right, right. That means that they're allowed to call you off, let's say, because of low census, mm -hmm. three shifts per 13-week per contract. Or let's make it a little easier, one shift per calendar month. Okay. That means that they, let's say it's low sense to say, hey, go home. Mm -hmm. Okay. Within those 30 days, they just called you off once. You don't get paid for that. You're mm -hmm. hourly. Okay? That's important to know, your hourly wage. So, but if they call you off twice within that calendar month, mm -hmm. you don't get paid for that one shift, but you get paid for the second shift. So, so the second question is, so first question, what are the guaranteed hours? Second, what are the call off policies? Mm -hmm. sure. And your recruiter should know. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Right? Because that tells you the amount of money you're going to be making. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. so, I, so that, yeah, I, I would argue that if there's a guarantee, um, that's that could be misleading, right? If that's as far as you go with it, like, oh, I'm guaranteed all these hours. Typically, there's there's a call off policy to match that. 
Um, mm-hmm. So just as a traveler, that like I, I agree with Chris, that's a very important question just to have in in your your repertoire just to to ask each each interview each facility for sure. Right. Yeah, know their policy, know that. So, mm-hmm. And so just to re just to recap, so they can. You can get called off of one day if that's written into the one day a month, if that's written into the policy, but on the mm-hmm. second day, they don't pay you or they, or they do pay you. They do. So they what do. Chris was saying is the facility is saying, Hey, we're going to reserve the right to, to, you know, call you off for low census at least once a month. Mm-hmm. So that you have 40 hours guaranteed, except for that. Like if we can call you uh, off once and we don't have to pay you, but if we call you off twice, we do. Then, then that's on us. That's on our dime. And at, at that time. point, yeah, on the second time, I I don't know why they would call you off after after that. Um, Give away money, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes they'll send folks home early. You know, sometimes the managers are really generous and and they're very aware of of that policy and and they're just like, you know what, just kick out. You guys have been working hard this week and you'll still get paid. That's which is awesome. So yeah, that's that's a great yeah. policy and that's a great and that's a great question for the traveler to know. I mean, no, mm-hmm. no. Because if you get called off once, then every other time they tell you to go home, like you're getting guaranteed money. So, yeah. yeah. And just two other things to one, a little more complicated, but the, the, the easy one. So two other points is that's why I always tell my travelers never volunteer to go home. Mm-hmm. Never. Because guess what? If you volunteer, you say, I'll go home. Guess what? You're not meeting your guaranteed hours. And you're not going to get paid. But if they force you to go home, outside of that call-off policy, then you're getting paid. And by the way, when we're saying you're not getting paid or you are getting paid, that means that the agency cannot bill for those hours that you're called Mm -hmm. off for, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, one thing to be aware of, and this is something I've had conversations with travelers about, is sometimes agencies can, will say, oh, no, you got a straight-up 40-hour guarantee as long as you don't call off or the facility isn't closed or whatever. Um, but at fact, there is a call off policy. It's just that they factored that into the pay package. Hmm. Okay. Right. So, right. So they've assumed, so what they'll do is they'll assume, let's say, let's say it's one shift per calendar month, right? Let's say it's 40 hour guarantee. So, uh, they will have assumed that this person will not work for those shifts. They build that into the costs of the agency, just like compliance costs, like all the other costs. They'll build that in, mm-hmm. and they'll base the pay package off of that. That means, and this is what I don't like about this way of doing it. There's like that safety net. It's like, I'm going to get paid no matter what. Oh, my God, as long as I don't have to call off, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Let's suppose that they don't call you off. Mm-hmm. The agency can bill for those hours. Who sees that money? Hmm. The agency yeah. sees all of that money. In other oh, words, because they built they built that package, the hourly, assuming that you're not going to work those hours, so the margins and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so your pay is actually commensurately going to be a little lower because they mm-hmm. built those those risks or those costs into it. Um, so that it's just pure profit for the agency if you don't get called off. 
Now, if you get called off, they've already protected themselves. They're not losing anything. Mm -hmm. Right. I always, this is my, this is the way I look at it is mm -hmm. I rather, I rather not build it into the pay package. Mm -hmm. that means you've got a risk as long as you're aware that you could be called off and not getting paid. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm treating you sort of as a responsible individual that you can budget for that. Yeah. And then yeah. if you yeah. don't get yet, yeah, and if you don't get called off, you get that money. Mm -hmm. You're seeing, you're seeing the benefit of that. So we, that's the conversation I have is like, okay, so there's a call off policy. So keep that in mind. So here's what we're looking at is if they call you off, this is how much you're going to make budget for that. Um, yeah. Assume that you're going to get called off. And then guess what? If you don't get called off, why you're making more money. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think as a traveler, I, I would much prefer to be in charge of that money myself. I'd yeah. rather get paid. Yeah. And, you know, if I get called off, I get called off, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Rather than find out on the back end that someone's got my money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who has my money? Yep. That's, that's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Let me in charge of my own. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so one other thing, I, I don't know where you want to go next, Chris. Um, if you had another idea, mm -hmm. um, if not, I know we had talked off air. You said you want to mention something about the GSA as well. Oh yeah. Um, so these are, these are, uh, this is about being knowledgeable or like, uh, for the traveler, uh, we talked about, you know, ask the question, what are the guaranteed hours? Is there a call off policy? You know, and let's work through the, and by the way, this is, this is why I said, you know, the negotiations, you should have that that talk up front. Think, imagine going through all of this stuff. I got yeah. Now I'm on the clock, 24 hours. I got to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And and you have a recruiter who doesn't. It's like, oh, what's the call off policy? Uh, I don't know. Let's uh, well, let me find out. <laughs> Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. I need an answer. You know. So that puts unfair pressure on the traveler. So these are the sort of questions you can work through, and you can actually go through the numbers if you want to in terms of that. You know. Um, mm -hmm. But the other thing is uh, being familiar with the GSA, I think, serves you well for a couple of reasons is mm -hmm. lots of times when you see jobs advertised, let's say Dennis on Vivian or some other, mm -hmm. sometimes they won't indicate what the breakdown is. They'll just say, this is what the gross weekly is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know the location. So guess what you can do? Go to GSA figure out what the location is, then you can figure out what the maximum stipends are, then you can reverse engineer what the pay package is going to look like. Hmm. That's smart. That's right. Smart. So you can go and say, if they max out my stipends, right, this is what I'm going to be making on non-taxable. This is what And that allows you to be more going into the conversation with a recruiter being sort of kind of having a sense of what it's going to look like. And that if they, they start quoting you like a different number, then you'd be like, well, wait a minute. That's and that gets to the second point is here's what the maximum GSA stipends are. Why, why aren't you maximizing my stipends? You can ask that question. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So if I know it's $3,000, for the pay package you're offering me, I go to the GSA and I realize that lodgings $150 and meals and incidentals is $50. Then I can re re-engineer that to go back yeah. and say, yeah. okay, I, you know, I, I yep. would just, yeah. 
Okay. And I, I would yeah, multiply, you... uh, multiply the lodging by what, 40 hours. If I'm working 40 hours and multiply mm -hmm. the meals and incidentals by 40 hours. Mm -hmm. um, by by seven. By, by seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for, that's right. So I day. take, I take 150 for the housing and I multiply that by seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I would mm -hmm. take the, if just saying meals and incidentals is 50. I would multiply that by seven and then I would just add the two together. Is that how it goes? Yes. Yeah. So you, you add the two together and then what's remaining, let's just for even numbers here, call it 1500 is uh -huh. remaining. Then you yeah. divide that by the hours that you plan to work each week. And that should be really close to your hourly rate. Um, now, I, I want to caution too, if you go through and you're doing this and the hourly rate is like five bucks an hour because you've maxed out those San Francisco per diems, something's yeah. going to have to change a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, so just being cognizant of that. But yeah, I, I agree with Chris that the GSA site is, is, a, is a great tool that travelers can educate themselves and kind of, you know, understand a little bit about how the, what to expect and how these, these pay packages work. And also right. kind of check their recruiter a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Smart. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, so just to reiterate, I multiply, I multiply the, if it would be 150 on lodging, I multiply that by seven because I get these mm -hmm. questions constantly. Yeah. <laughs> multiply that by seven if it's 50 multiply that by seven and then mm -hmm. if the rate that they were giving me was uh there's a three thousand or so three thousand an even number then i would how would i then find out okay i got i add the two together okay i add the one that i multiplied by seven the one i multiplied by seven with meals and incidentals add that together and then i divide that by the 40 or the uh, for the hours that you plan to work whether it's 36 or 40 yeah okay and then that's yeah. your answer to that question guys everybody who's asked me that a million times yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do I, yeah how do i calculate that how do i calculate that yeah yeah and we can we can write that equation down maybe you can uh yeah put a yeah that'd be cool gra graphic up or something along those lines yeah um yeah definitely yeah. no that's that's great you know and, and i think it goes you know with the misconception too um, a lot of travelers get is you know my my hourly is is uh less than a permanent traveler why am i getting paid 20 bucks an hour like just really truly understanding like mm -hmm. if you if you're making what's considered the minimum wage for that role in that state that's actually a good thing that means everything else is being maxed out that's tax-free so i think chris has mentioned this before focus on the the net um mm -hmm. if you if you can focus on the net and how to get that the highest that's that's where your money is going to come in um the gross isn't yours yet right so right. um whatever can drive that net up um just just be comfortable in trusting that process um and you'll 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 have more money in the bank um if you go that route for sure mm -hmm. smart mm -hmm. There we go. And somehow I think I got hello, kicked hello. off. You got duplicated. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get a we'll get a little math equation over over to you.
All but right. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I lost myself. I don't know what happened there, but sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Just to just to recap on that, we'll we'll get a graphic over for you guys. Uh, that way you can kind of get a visual on just a simple uh, math equation. Um, we'll also uh, maybe uh, Chris, we can get one for the the pay package. It's just really simple. Mm-hmm. I think you have a PowerPoint that you put together. We can grab a little quick snippet of um, yeah. as a traveler what what to ask your recruiter on how your pay packages were, were built um, in, in our in our recipe for success and, and how you yeah. get the most money in, in your in your pocket. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. If you guys you know want to come up with something, it has like a list of say like questions that you should ask your recruiter and it should mm-hmm. you know go over your time off. And also if something it dabbles, you know, having it, we're going to we'll probably throw out an example of if it you know we do the calculations and you end up making five dollars an hour hourly. Like put a bit, we'll put a big X through that because you can't do that. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll put, we'll make another one. That's like, you know, where you should be at your essentially $20 an hour. Yeah. Um, so the travelers know like, okay, if you're, if you do the calculation with the GSA and you're getting five bucks an hour, then you don't do that. It's not something's yeah, not right. Yeah. The expectations yeah. are high. Yeah. You're going to get a knock. Yeah. You're going to get a knock at the door as far as uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the black suits are gonna roll up, and yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but all right, so we'll we'll have that made up for everyone, so I can stop receiving those questions, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and 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 answer that. But yeah, I think well, this has been a, somehow we're an hour in. Um, yeah, I know we saw. And we haven't even, Dennis, and we haven't even scratched the surface of themes. <laughs> Yeah, we've got so much more to talk about. So that means we, yeah. I guess, we're going to come back again. Uh, look forward to us. Uh, you know, stay tuned, folks. I mean, we're we still got to go over the fifty-hour rule or fifty-mile rule that doesn't exist. That does exist. That you know, mm-hmm. we'll yeah. go more into that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, even talking about how. Yeah. yeah, even talking about how all the steps from that bill rate, the sort of how that money gets filtered to the traveler. Right. In other words, how all the steps, like the costs and, you know, we've been talking about margins, which is the, obviously the agency's cut and how that works, but uh, also stuff on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. And that way we can under, have a full understanding of how the pay package works, the risks, you know, uh, to the agency, the risks of the traveler, the questions to ask, you know, you'd be much better able to sort of navigate the field once you have all that knowledge out front. Right. Yeah. Once yeah. you once you get everything, you know, to your forefront, this is going to help the travelers so much. It's going to help the recruiters, so they don't have to explain this stuff to the travelers so much. Um, yeah. Is, let's make these conversations easier. For yeah. Let's make, let's make it easy. Let's get yeah. the ball rolling. But well, I, until next time, guys. Um, it's great having this conversation, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, great talking. Yep.